Welcome to the podcast series, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Catherine Brassel, and today I'm joined by William Potts, who is the founder of Upside Technology. Upside is an investment app that will develop, harness, and maximize the skills you need to become an expert investor. Investing is a complex field, but it doesn't need to be difficult. And the Upside app connects products, provides people with the tools they need to make investment decisions with confidence. Hi there, Will. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast series. How has your week been? It has been good. Uh, a little bit cold in London, but, uh, <laughs> but otherwise good. Thank you. Awesome. And obviously everyone's sort of ramping up for the festive season now. Yes. Uh, I think we're in desperate need of a good festive season. Last year's was, um, yeah, last year's was kind of a, a slight damp squib. So uh, keep our fingers crossed, but desperate need for a good festive season for sure. Well, we're very excited to hear about your journey, and I know it's quite a unique one. So, yeah, so we'd love to just uh, kick it off with you just giving us just a little bit of your own background, um, you know, in as sort of a hedge fund manager and and how you were sort of drawn to the startup space. Yeah, sure. So, um, I guess, you know, like, like most, I um, uh, drifted through university without a sort of specific sense of where I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. It was a sort of series of accidental decisions that led me to, uh, to study finance and from there to joining um, some, some big US banks, um, which, was, which was amazing. And then, as you said, I, uh, I had the opportunity in 2009, 2010 to co-found a hedge fund. Um, we had some offices in, uh, in London and then uh, we opened an office in Singapore um, to uh, to get away from the London weather and uh, and access uh, access Asian markets um, and we invested in in listed equities so we invested in large cap um, large cap listed equities and and that was phenomenal we were you know we were long short so we were buying and we were selling companies um, but along the way um, two things happened I think um, the first was that in our space we realised that trying to find portfolio managers and analysts uh, was difficult and, and, and trying to improve them took a lot of work. So, so we started building a tool to measure investment talent, uh, if, if you will, to try and figure out who could be good at investing and, and how we could make them better and, and, and how we could deploy that within, within the hedge fund. And that was, I guess that was the first seed. Um, and the second seed uh, came along probably 2015, 2016. Being being in a hedge fund, you get approached by uh, by a lot of people with a lot of ideas. A lot of which can't sit in the hedge fund; they were illiquid, they were too small, or they weren't listed. Um, but we became increasingly interested in the uh, the startup fintech space, the the sort of the challenger bank space. Um, it's an enormous market, and disruption was you know dramatically needed across all aspects. So. Um, I guess the, the confluence of those two two ideas, the sort of the, the witnessing of the explosion of adoption in the fintech space and the speed of uh, innovation within the underlying technology, as well as this this sort of uh, nascent idea around measuring investment talent, um, coincided and, and and collaborated to create an idea um, that has borne out to be be upside, which is what what dragged me into the startup space, which was wanting to build something, um, a technology, a tool, a business that could open up investing for everybody. And that was that was my journey. 
No, that's awesome. And um, I mean, how have you managed to kind of get, you know, your target audience to think differently about wanting to invest and obviously, you know, use the your your platform and your technology? Um, I, I guess in that respect, we were we, we were lucky. Um, a lot of the the hard work in in sort of broaching the the fintech space had been done by by our predecessors in the sort of originally in the retail banking space. So in, mm. in Europe, the Monzos, the Starlings, the Anna Banks. Um, and then in the investing space, you know, there'd been a surge of interest around uh, these online trading platforms. So in the US, Robin Hood, in, in Europe, trading 212, eToro, who had really broken the, the mold and had, had sort of changed the concept of sort of retail banking in the first instance, which I think was important. And then the second instance, sort of retail retail trading. Um, so that the, the sort of the basic idea of what we wanted to do had been proved by the adoption of these, these other technologies, these other businesses. And so for us, it was our journey as an extension of that. It, it's taking people from, from trading and isolation into an investing journey. And that was um that is where we start and that that's what we're what we're building on and working on today it's trying to make our users those that are already investing and those that are entering the world of investment we're trying to make them more intentional and more and more informed we're trying to put tools in their hands to make them investing as opposed to gambling if that makes sense. that's awesome thanks so much will but um let let us know sort of how upside technology has sort of tangled that gambling nature of investing and just kind of made it sort of almost safer for users yes it's 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 a good question it's something we've spent a lot of time thinking about um and and i guess what we what we came to realize what we've come to realize over the last few years is that investing is kind of different for everybody it's uh, depending upon where you are in life, depending upon your economic situation, depending upon your specific goals, your, you know, whether you're investing for a short term objective, you know, holiday, uh, a medium term objective, buying a car, longer term objective, um, retirement or, or, or paying for, for kids or, or whatever it might be. It, it, it depends very much on, on, on our user. Each user has a different, um, different requirement. And so. Our journey, the upside journey, starts with trying to understand who who the users are and, and what their objectives are from from investing. Because you know, from my my days in a professional world, we always we spent months discussing with investors what it was that they were trying to trying to achieve before putting a a portfolio and investment uh, process around that. That, that investors needs and so we've tried to take all of our learnings from from the sort of professional world and, and open them up to everybody and that starts with asking people what they want to do what their objectives are mm-hmm. what their tolerance for risk is because investing is not riskless it's it's about controlling uh controlling losses and and trying to take volatility into control so we start by asking our users questions and then we try and take them on a on a journey and make that journey um, bespoke to them and their objectives, um, and and constantly feed back to them. So I think we look at the, the trading element, uh, you know, the, the gamification, as it were, as being just one very small step in a much longer and continuous journey. Investing doesn't sort of stop when you buy the the share or the shares. That's just one element in a much longer chain. And so I think. We've tried to tackle it very, very differently. We've tried to add what we call friction 
um, intentional friction into the process. And it's about learning who our users are and what they want to do and giving them feedback along the way, letting mm. them know that, you know, they, they want to save, but they're putting all of their money into Bitcoin. That may not necessarily be the right thing for everybody. Others mm. it might be, but some may not. So it's, it's balancing those things. And um, obviously, I mean, we know you've, you've, you've recently launched the app. Uh, it is mm-hmm. in its early days. Uh, you know, what would be a good measure for, of success uh, for you guys sort of over the next sort of six to 12 months? And what are you hoping for? It's, uh, I think there's a number, number of measures of success uh, for us outside of, um, outside of you know, the, the fundraising exercise. And I think that's probably a corollary to, to the sort of in-app success. And my measure for that is, is twofold. Um, it's, uh, it's an increase in users um, and it's a, an increase in user in-app time. So the longer people spend in the app, um, I think the, that for me will be a demonstration of its, of its value. But in the end, the ultimate, the ultimate metric for us as to whether or not we're succeeding and how we're succeeding is, is being able to get feedback from our users and quantitatively prove that by using upside, we've made them better investors. You know, that would be the ultimate goal. That is the constant ongoing ultimate goal to, to stop people in the first instance losing as much as they are. Um, and in the second instance, start to help them make more money. And I think, you know, that's an objective that's not just for next year, that's for, for every year. Yeah. Um, but that will be the ultimate proof of the ultimate proof of the pudding is is that we can get we can get our users to to be more intentional and to, to start generating the returns that that they want, taking the risk that they can that they can tolerate. And that would be that would be magnificent. If we if we when we do that, um that will be that will be the ultimate proof that we've succeeded. And um how would you say that you guys are kind of disrupting the industry of investing uh, as it as it stands at the moment? Well, I think you know in, investing investing today is um, and, and you see this in measures uh, sort of reports that are put out country by country. But you know the UK, for example, has got uh, slightly over thirty million um, thirty million thirty two million people that are in uh, engaged in active employment, working age, as it were. Uh, of which only 10% are actively investing, which seems amazing to me. That does it, seem it crazy. It tells me two things. It's, you know, it's non-accessible, right? It, investing just doesn't feel accessible for most mm. people or doesn't feel safe uh, for most people. Um, and that tells me that the system as it currently stands is is structurally flawed. It's available to a very small number of, of high net worth or higher net worth individuals. It's expensive to access. Um, and whilst we're in an age of informational omnipotence, I think people are worried about what information is real, what information is relevant, what's true for them. And so, you know, for us, it's it's opening up investing as much as it is disrupting. It's making it accessible to people because, you know, investing is easy. It should be something. Financial literacy is the only one of the only ways that we're going to close the the ever expanding wealth gap that we're seeing, you know, compounded by this monetary mm-hmm. expansion. Um, so the first part is is disrupting its access, but the second thing is it's making it an easier transmission mechanism. What we see today is those that want to invest go through multiple layers um, in order to get to ultimate investments. You know, you go through your advisor, who then goes through his broker, who then recommends a series of funds that are managed by a third party, and and so the fees and the obfuscation or the lack of clarity I think, uh, compound the effect. So we think we're we're upending it top to bottom, um, and it's an industry that, that desperately needs it. 
to be changed because it hasn't yeah. changed in 40 or 50 years. Correct. Yeah. Well, let's hope that there is a lot of change. Um, and just kind of circling back, uh, you know, to kind of when, you know, you were more in the sort of the early stages, um, you know, getting upside technology off the ground and, and obviously being in the startup space. What sort of advice would you have for for people kind of working in a similar sort of, um, I would say, similar kind of industry at the moment and being in the startup space like yourself in fintech? Yeah, so I think that, the, I mean, lo- lots of bits of advice. Um, the first thing is, you know, you're not you're not going to get it right first time. Get ready for mistakes um and get ready for rejection you know you're going to tell a lot of people and the more um you're going to tell a lot of people about your idea and uh, and that that process is iterative don't take rejection as being an indication of of a bad idea but listen to feedback if that if that hard balance so i think you've got to build resilience um i think that's that's hugely important particularly when you're trying to do something that's going to change Status quo. Most people like the status quo. So it, means, it naturally means we're gonna, we're going to sit, uh, going to sit outside of that. Um, perseverance. I think that's that's hugely important. Um, but probably the, the single biggest lesson I think I've learned in in, um, in in building upside is is trying to remain focused. You know, we've got a big vision and a big dream for what we want to do with upside. But I think we've spent many many months, perhaps wasted many months thinking about where we're going to be in five years rather than what we can build for users today. And I think that that sort of focusing on, you know, whatever you call it, your MVP or your user acquisition model, or um, whatever it is that you're going to run up first, remain relentlessly focused on the first user, the user test case, because um, we spent too long getting excited and worrying about where we'd be in five years. And, and I think the big lesson for me was to, to focus, focus on the first version of the product. It isn't going to be perfect first time. Accept that and get on and build it, and then iterate really quickly. Um, so those are, those would be my you know my bits of advice. But the main one: perseverance. Don't give up. Thanks so much for that, Will. And um, sort of rounding off, we would really love to kind of find out what is on the cards for the new year for Upside Technology. Yeah, great. So I mean. We're really excited about uh, 2022 for us. Um, I mean, I mentioned a little bit earlier the the trading, the advent of, of trading, and, and that that element of our journey. But but our plans for the for the new year are, are much are much bigger and broader than that. Um, other than obviously, you know, getting our community, our user base, to be much much larger, we're rolling out. I think two things that are we're pretty excited about. The first is the um, in app. Uh, scoring system and now that's not to alarm people you know they're going to be weighed and measured but more it's a a function for us to give people feedback um, and it's a a way for us to start building people's ratings users ratings into their sort of price predictions so that we can start building a a community-based forecast community-based price targets and scores um, for the whole whole community, for the whole uh, upside user base to be able to benefit from, which we think is which we think is awesome. Uh, and the second part, which sort of feeds on from that, is something we call marketplace, which which we really think is unique. Um, and the number of which is that users, uh, active users of the upside app, will themselves be able to be paid for their ideas. Um, so I guess the oh, okay. the way this would work is we think we are helping 
um, going to help people get better at investing, become more intentional and more mm-hmm. confident of the way they invest. But um, and in that, we hope that users will start seeing a a benefit in the you know the economic return that they make on their their own investments. But we mm-hmm. think that the, the sort of game changer here is the ability to say, look, your opinions actually are useful to the whole community, the whole user base, the whole mm-hmm. ecosystem. And as a result of that, we are going to be able to to pay you for for your ideas, for your input. Um, even if you might not think that your ideas are so important, when we collect those opinions together, it may turn out that you paired with somebody in Johannesburg, paired with somebody in, mm. in Brisbane, paired with somebody in, in, in Kuala Lumpur, may together prove to be super mm. forecasters. And that is extremely valuable, mm. not just for for upside but for all of upside's users and, and so uh, we've developed a mechanism that will allow users to be to be paid through the marketplace next year which we uh, which we're really excited about because we think that really does change change the dynamics of people and and the mm. way that they would want to up, you know integrate and operate with upside um over the weeks months and years ahead yeah it sounds like a lot of brokers will have a bit of a side hustle now <laughs> in terms of being able to contribute to that <laughs> well we, we hope so we hope <laughs> you know, we found we found all sorts of fascinating things, which I won't bore you with today. But um, it turns out that you know your longevity in the finance community, finance industry, isn't necessarily a good predictor of how good you are at picking stocks, but also making forecasts. You know, people are very good at, without knowing it, at picking up trends, walking past shop windows, realizing you know that particular brand may be about to replace another brand and habits. And and when we see this, we see this stuff the whole time. This sort of concept of wisdom of the crowds is very, very important. So we hope it's more than just brokers having a side hustle. We hope it's uh, everybody <laughs> having a, a side hustle because mm. the, the collective wisdom is is extraordinarily powerful and um, and we're pretty excited by it. So No, and we're excited as well. So it's definitely something to watch for next year. And so we're very excited to kind of uh, follow follow you guys and, and see all of that come to fruition. Uh, so thank you so much today for joining us, Will. My pleasure. Thank you very much for uh, for for having me, for having us, um, and I look forward to catching up in the in the future. Certainly, and uh, please tell our listeners as well if they'd like to connect with you personally. What is the best way to reach out to yourself or to Upside? So yeah, we've got a number of ways that you can uh, connect with us. Your opinion is um, is hugely important. We're only going to get this right with with everybody's help. So uh, probably the easiest way is is if you go to our website uh, www.upsidetechnology.co, um, and you'll find uh, the help email there, and uh, um, as well as our discord link and our, our, our twitter feed and phone number so we've got a number of mechanisms through which we can reach us email um discord uh, twitter and slack if they've got a slack integration and um, so we really do want to hear from as many people as possible because getting this right is going to require everybody giving us feedback both good and bad thanks so much again william for your time and all the very best thank you very much thank you okay cheers Thank you for listening to this week's episode, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. Please follow us on LinkedIn under Talent in the Cloud, or if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your fintech team, or you yourself are looking for an exciting change in your career, please check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.